Amen, amen. Amen. Well, as we get into the Word of God today, it's so good to see you guys. You guys look so good this morning. I don't tell you that every morning. But you guys, why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, hey, he's talking about you. You know, go, you go ahead. You tell him that right now. <laughs> yeah, you know. All right. Let's, let's, let's just get into the Word of God. It's so good to see you guys. I'm excited for this Word because it's a challenging one. John chapter 8, verse 30. The Bibles are getting bigger (laughs) because my eyesight's getting a little worse. Yeah. But in John chapter 8, verse 30, as he spoke these words, many believed in him. Let's pause for a second as I say that one more time. As he spoke these words, that's Jesus, many believed in him. In him. And Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. They answered him, We're Abraham's descendants, and we've never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Jesus answered them, Most assuredly, I say to you, Whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you bless this word as we speak of the reality of freedom and bondage in the life of a believer. Father, I believe that a lot of us here today are believers. We know the truth. And you have set us free for eternity. But I also believe, Lord, there are many in this church who are in bondage to something in their mind and in their lives. So God, we just ask that you would bless this church today, our church family, with your word. And use me, Lord. Because, Lord, it is an honor to preach your word. We can't do it apart from you. So I just invite you, Father, to please speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You guys can have a seat as we get into this word today. The reality of freedom and bondage in the life of a believer. I started reading this scripture, not planning on preaching on it. But as I read it, I noticed that Jesus was speaking about freedom and he was speaking about bondage. And as Jesus was saying this, they really told Jesus, we've never been in bondage. But I'm thinking to myself, how can you even say you've never been in bondage if your ancestors spent 400 years in bondage in Egypt? And if you read throughout the Old Old Testament, there's a lot of people in the Bible who are in bondage. But it's interesting how these people were able to look at Jesus in the face and say, we've never been in bondage. And that really shocked me until I realized that a lot of people in this world do the same thing. A lot of us are in bondage to something, but it's so much easier for us to just deny it. And we're in bondage to something, but it's so much easier for us to say, no, it's not a problem in my life. I can stop whenever I want. It's not a big deal. I can get over it. And so many people live their lives in bondage to something. And when I read this scripture, what shocked me the most is that Jesus, he's talking to people who were believers. So how is it that a believer becomes in bondage. And I really started thinking about this, and what came to my mind was something I learned years ago. You see, there is a psychological term called an elephant chain syndrome. Elephant chain syndrome. And this term came from this idea that if you go around the world to most circuses, you're going to see these Massive big elephants. But these big elephants, they don't move. 
They stay stuck where they're at. And there's a, there's a sign in their face of sadness. There's a sign of, in their face of hopelessness. Because these elephants, though mighty and strong, they have a small little thin chain around their ankle. And it keeps them bound. But it makes no sense because this elephant is so much stronger and more powerful that when just one move, that chain can snap and that elephant can break free. So how is it that this big, strong, mighty elephant stays in bondage? And here's how. They get this elephant as a baby and they put this small chain and the little elephant's feet. And at that stage in his life, he can't break that chain. He's in bondage. He's too weak. But see, something interesting happens. As this elephant begins to grow up strong and powerful and mighty, that elephant, those owners, those trainers still tie that small chain around that massive elephant. Look at that. Now that elephant there can break that chain in a second. But here's why they continue to wrap that chain around it. Because they're trying to brainwash this elephant into thinking that he or she is not strong enough. He or she is too weak. And you'll never be able to break this chain. So as a result of this mindset that the elephant develops through brainwashing, that elephant, though mighty and strong, thinks itself into bondage and has a bondage mentality and a mindset of bondage so they never truly break free. So you can have a massive, strong elephant like this live in chains the rest of his life, never moving forward, staying bound in bondage, living a, a life of sadness because that elephant has told itself in its mind, I could never break free. And the reason that psychologists call this elephant chain syndrome is because people can do the same thing. Your mindset can trap you. And you convince yourself that you can never stop doing something that's wrong. You hold yourself back. You begin to give up. And you stay stuck with this lie, this mental bondage, that there's no way out of this. You'll never change. You'll never get better. It's always going to be this way. And when you think this way long enough, it becomes a mindset. And a mindset keeps you in bondage. And not only is, do I believe that elephant chain syndrome is common in people in the world, I believe that elephant chain syndrome is possible within the people of God, even in the church. This is true for so many people in the church. You see, when you are a believer of Jesus Christ, when you have repented and turned your life over to, to Jesus and you have surrendered your life, you are born again believer. And not only do you have salvation and eternity on lockdown, but you have the power of God through the Holy Spirit living inside you here on earth. So the Bible says because that Holy Spirit is in you, nothing will be impossible for you because that Holy Spirit is living in you. You can live this life with confidence knowing that you are not alone. You are more than a conqueror. That victory is yours and God has a plan for your life. But see, a lot of believers still live in bondage. They still have this mentality of bondage. So that even though you're saved and even though you're born again and even though you're serving Christ, your mind keeps you from experiencing the fullness of of God's blessing. So you could be powerful, but not live like it. You could be stronger than you think, but not act like it. You could be mighty and still choose to live daily in weakness. Because bondage is just one thought away. In fact, Jesus is actually teaching this 
He's teaching believers. Look with me in verse 30 through 31. And Jesus, in verse 30 through 31, as he spoke these words, many believed in him. So many believed in him. Say that with me. Many believed in him. That makes them what? Believers. And in verse 31, and Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, if you abide in my word, you're my disciples. Indeed. Now Jesus was talking to believers. But what's interesting about this passage is that when Jesus talked to these believers, he started talking to them about freedom and bondage. Jesus is talking to believers who have placed their faith in him, who knows he's the son of God. They've trusted their lives to him. But Jesus is still talking about freedom. Jesus is still talking about bondage. Why? Because Jesus is teaching us that even though you're a believer and saved and on your way to heaven, you can live a life of bondage here on earth. You can live a life of bondage where you don't experience the fullness of God's power and love in your life. See, when I say the word bondage, bondage is any sin or habit or thought that prevents you from living and serving God the way He intended. Let me say that one more time. Bondage is any sin, any habit or thought that keeps you and prevents you from living a life on how God fully intended you to live. When you're in bondage, you can't experience the, full of the fullness of God's plan for your life. When you're in bondage, you're not going to feel the fullness of forgiveness God has given you. In fact, when you're in bondage, you may be a believer, but you're still stuck like that elephant. You're still miserable like that elephant. And you can come to church, but if you come to church with a little chain on your foot, you're still unhappy. You're still discouraged. You're still depressed. The only difference is that when you die, you're going to heaven, but you're living miserable here on earth. And many believers today, I believe, are in bondage still. Even in the Bible, many people who loved and served God and Jesus were in bondage and never experienced the fullness of God. Let me give you some examples. You think about Peter. Peter was a disciple who gave his life to Jesus, who trusted in Jesus, and he was on his way to heaven, no doubt. But Peter... He committed a sin and denied Jesus three times. How many of you have ever made a mistake? Have ever failed? Have ever sinned? We all better say amen. amen. But here's the thing. Even though Jesus forgave him, Peter could not forgive himself. And Peter was in bondage to guilt. And because he was in bondage to guilt over his past, over his failures. The Bible says that for a moment, Peter quit the ministry. Peter even said, I'm going back fishing. I'm going back to my old life. It's like saying, I'm going back to the world. I'm going back to the ungodliness. I'm going back because God can never love me again. God can never forgive me again. I've gone too far. And Peter was in bondage to guilt and he was not living the fullness of God because God still intended for Peter to start the church and continue the church and spread the gospel around the world. But none of that was happening as long as he stayed in the boat but why did he stay in the boat because he was in bondage to guilt there was a woman named Martha we always think men are the one in bondage no you ladies get in bondage too and Martha was in you know Jesus was in her house and Jesus was probably teaching or talking. And, and if Jesus comes to your house, some of you would be scared and hide things, but um, the majority of you would be excited and listening to Jesus as at his every word, but not Martha. Martha was angry. 
Martha was miserable and Jesus was in the house. And Jesus can be in this very house here this morning and you're like Martha, you're miserable. Why? Because Martha was in bondage to busyness, stress, and perfectionism. She was so caught up in the dishes and cleaning the house and everything had to be perfect and perfect and perfect. You ever met someone like that? That's bondage. It's like you tell that one, leave the dishes, they'll be there tomorrow. I can't do that! That's bondage. But Martha was in bondage to busy. And she even got mad at Mary because Mary chose to be with Jesus and be happy. But Martha was miserable because she had too much stress in her life that she was allowing. Moses was a man of God in bondage to anger that kept him from even going to the promised land. He never experienced the full promises of God because Moses was in bondage to his temper. To his anger, David, a man after God's own heart, was in bondage to lust. And it kept him from seeing those full blessings of God. And that bondage even transferred over to his son Solomon. David had a problem with one woman, and his son Solomon, 1,000 women, because your bondage can even be transferable to your children, and your children do it worse than you did. That's scary, isn't it? And as a result, God says, Solomon, I'm going to strip the kingdom away from you. You're not going to see the fullness of my blessing because of the bondage you're in. See, bondage can take many forms. Like in this room, there might be all types of different bondage. But the outcome is the same. Unnecessary pain. Unnecessary misery. An unnecessary difficulty in the life of a believer. And you're missing out. My favorite was Samson. Because he had the Holy Spirit in him. He was strong in the Lord, but he was in bondage, not to Delilah, he was in bondage to pride. Because in his pride, he did not listen to his parents. Because when you're bound to pride, you don't listen to advice. And when he snuck out at night to go to the prostitute's house, his pride told him, you'll never get caught. And when he almost got caught, his pride said, I'll just shake myself free like before. This is never going to catch me. I can get away with this. But there came a point because of his bondage to pride that the enemy actually captured him and bound him with chains and was laughing at him. And I believe today that the devil... Our enemy is looking at the people of God. He's looking at the church and he's just laughing because he sees that we come to church and we might be born again. We might be believers, but we're bound. And he's looking at you laughing, mocking you. Because even though you come to church and you worship and you serve in a ministry and you shake hands and hold the Bible and say hallelujah and you leave church with a smile, deep down inside you go home bound by something. Look at verse 36 with me. Jesus said, Therefore, if the Son makes you free, You shall be free indeed. Now, let's pause there because Jesus could have said, therefore, the Son can make you free. Nothing would have been wrong or missing if Jesus would have stopped there. But why did Jesus include, and you shall be free indeed? Why did Jesus include the word indeed? Because that Greek word, remember the New Testament was written in Greek. And that word, indeed, in the Greek is the word onteos. And onteos literally means when something is true and real. See, Jesus was teaching that you could be a believer that's saved, but freedom is not a true reality in your life. You can be a believer that loves Jesus and serves Him and you're on your way to heaven, 
but freedom is not a reality in your family. You can be a believer, but freedom is not a reality in your home. You can be a believer, but freedom is not a a true reality in your emotions. And you can be a believer in bondage, and freedom is not a true reality in your life. And I know without a doubt there are many believers that are saved, but freedom is something that is not a true reality in their personal lives at home. Am I preaching to you this morning? Because I believe that God is tired of the circus. That elephant goes to the circus and he just performs. And while he's performing, hidden in his feet is a little chain. And I believe the church has become a circus. The church is a circus today. It's the greatest show on earth. You come to church and it's just a performance. There's beautiful lights and sounds and there's all this entertainment and there's all this emotions of happiness and freedom and everyone's there and they're performing. You come to church and you smile but you know it's not true. You're angry but it's just a performance. You sing a song with Frankie and you sing beautifully, some of you, but then it's still just a performance. You go holding your wife's hand to church but you're fighting all the time but you're in church. Why? Because it's a performance and freedom is just an illusion. Why? Because your life and church has become a living circus. You perform, but you're still bound. And when Jesus made the church, he did not design it to be a circus. He designed it to be a place of freedom and true freedom where you leave church knowing that is no longer who I am. I am free in Jesus Christ and the devil cannot lie to me and you are no longer bound. But today, there are so many people performing. You might be in bondage. You're in church, but there's a little chain on your foot called your past. And you're in bondage to guilt. And I can sit here and tell you that the Lord can forgive the worst of your sin, but that little chain dangles in your ear and tells you, not you. Some of you are in bondage to the future. And worry plagues your mind. What's going to happen tomorrow? And what if this happens? And what if that happens? And what if this never happens? And you go to sleep constantly bound to worry because of all the bad news you're hearing. And you can't experience joy or even peace because worry bounds you. You're bound to insecurity. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're not pretty enough. You're not spiritual enough. You might be bound to bitterness. You can't get over what someone did years ago, months ago, weeks ago, days ago, hours ago, and it keeps going on in your mind like an old VHS tape. I said VHS, I just aged myself. It plays in your mind. (laughs) Like a streaming movie or something, right? That's more modern. It plays on your mind over and over and over. You're thinking of what they said, what they should not have said, what they did. How could they do that to me? I would have said this. I would have done that. If I could, I would have. And you're in bondage to unforgiveness and you're in bondage to bitterness and anger thinking about them. And yet you're in the circus today. Got to look spiritual. Got to look happy. It's easy to get bound. Some are bound to money. Money is all you think about. Money is all you tell yourself, I need more of, I don't have enough of. What if I can't get more money? What if the money runs out? What if I can't pay the bills? I got to work more, I got to do more. You have that Martha syndrome, I got to do, I got to do. Why? Because all you think about is money. Money is your God, it has bound you. You may be bound emotionally. You're bound by depression and fear and sadness. 
You could be bound by a sin that you told God time and time again to forgive you, and it won't happen again, but there you go, it happened again. And it's a vicious cycle of bondage in people today. I want to tell you something you might not like. I'm going to be honest with you. Can I be honest with our church family today? Because some of you are bound to sensitivity. So this might offend you. So if you need to get up, go to the bathroom, do it now if that's you. Because I want to preach truth today. If you're bound today, as your pastor, I say this with love. I do not feel sorry for you. Pastors are too sensitive with their congregation. Oh, you're bound. Oh my God, let me pray for you. I'm so sorry you're going through that. I'm so sorry. That's so don't, don't think like, no. But I want to be real with my church. If you're in bondage, I do not feel sorry for you. If I'm ever in bondage, please do not feel sorry for me. Why? Because bondage is a choice. That's why I can't feel sorry for you. If, if you would just get an umbrella, call yourself Mary Poppins, jump off, the jump off a bridge or a roof, break your leg, I'm not going to feel sorry for you. I'm going to say you are dumb. Why? Because you should have known better. You chose to do that. And the reason you can't feel sorry for someone that's bound, that's a believer, I feel sorry for people that are bound that don't know Jesus because they could know Jesus. But if you know Jesus and you're a believer, I can't feel sorry for you because when you are living your life bound, it is only a choice that you have decided to make. No, 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 it's my life. No, it's my problem. No, it, it's that devil. No, it's not. It's a choice. Bound is a choice. Let me say that again. Bound is a choice. Say that to your neighbor. Bound is a choice. And say this with love to them. I don't feel sorry for you. I don't feel sorry for you. We might look like the coldest church right now. But we're preaching truth. But let me prove to you that being bound is a choice. Galatians 5.1 this is what Paul told a church, another circus. It is for freedom that Christ has what? Set you free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. See, God told the church, you have been set free in Jesus. But don't you let bondage come back again. If bondage comes back again, that is a choice you have made for yourself. Christ has set you free. But the Bible says do not let. The reason that the Word of God says do not let is because if bondage is in your life, you have allowed it. And a yoke is something that controls you. And if you are in bondage to something that's controlling your life as a believer, you have allowed it to control you. You have allowed it to keep you in bondage. You have allowed it to rob you of your freedom. You have allowed it to keep you from living the fullness of God. And I wonder, as I wonder as your pastor, how many choices are you making that is bounding you? But it's your choice. Well, pastor, I'm just sad. That's your choice. But pastor, I'm so scared. That's your choice. But pastor, I saw the news and there's a recession coming. That's your choice. And that's Biden's choice too. And, and then, oh, but pastor, I, I, can't, I can't handle this. My, I'm just so discouraged. That's your choice. I don't want to preach to another circus. I'm not your ring handler. I'm your pastor. And I'm telling you now, your bondage is your choice. Here's the good news. If bondage is a choice, then freedom is a choice as well. And bondage can break 
when you choose once and for all to be free. Let me give you another biblical example because I don't like just to say something to say it. I like to prove it in the Word of God because that's where truth is. Bondage is a choice. I've proved it in the Word of God. The Lord has showed you. Amen? All right. So don't you leave church and say, no, it's not my church. I don't want to live like this. It's your choice. Freedom is a choice too. In the Bible, there's a man named Esau who had a twin brother named Jacob. And most twins, you already know this one. Good one, there's a bad one. The bad one is not even in church today. Look at him. I can't even believe him. We've got to pray for him. <laughs> Let's pray for him. Prodigal twin. The prodigal twin. You know, whatever. Don't call him that next Sunday. <laughs> but Esau was the firstborn, the older. And he had the inheritance coming his way. And his evil twin brother Jacob lied to him, manipulated him, because Esau was hungry. And Esau said, I'm hungry. And his brother said, if you just give me your inheritance, I will give you the best meal you've ever had. And Esau said, you know what? If I die of hunger, what good is my inheritance here? I promise you, my inheritance is yours. And in the Bible, when you made a vow, it was serious. So at that moment, Jacob stole the birthright, the inheritance of Esau. And Esau now was angry. Not only was he angry at himself for making such a foolish choice, but because of his anger, the Bible says he hated his brother Jacob. And he became so bitter that he vowed, one day I'm going to find him and I'm going to murder him. And his whole life, he was bound by Jacob. And Jacob left with all of his inheritance. I want you to look at this in the Bible, Genesis 27, 40. He went to his father. And he said, Dad, I know that you can give me more. I know that this is not the end. I know you can bless me. I love this about Esau because even though he was in bondage to bitterness, even though he made the wrong choice, something in him said, I can go to my father and still ask him to bless me. Because I know my Father can give me more. And that's a picture of what God is telling you today. If you're in bondage right now because of your past, your choices, or what someone did to you, you can go to your Heavenly Father and say, Lord, I know there's more. I don't have to stay this way. And notice what His Father said. You're going to live by the sword. And you're going to serve your brother. You will always have this on you, what your brother did. Can I tell you that there are some people that you will always live by their sword. You can never forget them because they hurt you that bad. They stole from you that much. You will live by the sword. You will serve your brother. But notice what his father said. But when you decide to what? When you decide to break free, you will shake his yoke from your neck. You know, his father said, son, you can still be blessed. You can still have more. But you have to make the choice to break free from your bondage. And he told his son, you have to decide. Are you going to live your life in bondage to what your brother did? Are you going to live your life in bondage to hurt and pain and guilt and shame? Are you going to live your life in bondage to unforgiveness or bitterness? Or are you going to make the decision to shake yourself free and still allow God to bless you? You see, bondage is a choice, but so is freedom. And you only have those two choices. I'm either going to live my life choosing to be free indeed, or I'm going to live my life choosing to be in bondage. But bondage and freedom is just one choice away. And can I tell you that God has created us. God has created you. God has created all believers to live a life 
of joy, to live a life of peace, to live a life of confidence. God never created you to live a life of hopelessness and despair. God did not create his children to be defeated. God did not create his children to be lost with all no hope at all. God created his children to be an example to the ungodly of what it means to serve free and be free indeed and live with confidence in an unsure world. That might not be your reality. You might be a free believer. But you're not free indeed. It's not a true reality in your life. And God might say, I've created you. And I, Pastor, I believe God created us to live with joy and confidence. Not to live a life of having a spirit of fear. But, But Pastor, I'm afraid to tell you that God must have missed this one because you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what I have to deal with. Pastor, you don't know who I'm married to. You don't know who I'm divorced to. You don't know the kids I'm raising. You don't know the job I have. You don't know the job I don't have. You don't know the pain I'm going through. You don't know how unhealthy I am. And here's the truth. That does not make it a reason for you to live bound. Here's another truth. Life is hard. Because sin made it that way. It's hard. It's hard to raise a family today. It's hard to raise godly children today. Because kids are pressured in ways that we were never pressured. It's hard to have a strong marriage through the years. It's hard to pay bills. It's hard to be healthy. Especially in this church, we eat too much. But but church, life is hard. And yesterday, I don't know too much about kids. And I, I don't know what I was thinking until Jerrica told me. But I, wanted, I was shopping for River, just buying him little toys here and there. And I, and I bought him a Lego set. And it clearly said seven and up, but I thought, nah, he's mature enough. He can handle this. This was a bad idea. I never gave it to him. But I thought, because River's saying this thing now. He's saying fish. He loves fish. He's on the right path. So when I saw this shark, this big fish, I was like, he's going to love this. This is amazing. And I noticed in the package that this gift has to be set by God because you notice it says creator and then it says three in one. So I said, whoa. This has to be God. But how, many you know, how many of you know what Legos are? It's the devil's toy. You ever stepped on one? It came in pieces. And it was confusing. I took one look at this and I said, "Uh uh-uh. I'm not doing it. Then I realized something. That's probably what your life looks like today. It's nothing like you pictured. I was excited for this fish. I was excited to give it to River. I was excited with the idea of this picture. But this picture was not my reality. And maybe that's your life today. You see, our Creator had a picture in mind when He created His children. And that was to live a life of victory and power and confidence and freedom. But the reality is, life is hard. 
And like these Lego pieces, I'm going to tell you, life, it's confusing. Amen? And it's stressful. And it feels like you're never going to get it. You're never going to make it. In fact, when you put these pieces together, it's going to feel overwhelming. You're going to be frustrated. You're going to be angry. And you're going to reach a point that you're just going to want to quit. Because that is the reality of life. That is the reality of your life. It's just not what you pictured. And when I noticed that this toy was complicated, this toy was just not right. Who, how is this even right? I realized that's what God does in our lives. See, God is our creator. We serve a God that's three in one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And he has a picture of not perfection for us because we've all sinned, but he has a picture of his children living a life of freedom, true freedom, not bound by anything that keeps you away from God. And the Creator knows that this life was complicated. If you're wondering if God knows what you're going through, he knows. He knows life is hard. He knows you're frustrated. He knows you want to quit. But you know what the Creator did of this toy? He left us an instruction book. Step by step. That if I follow this, I can get that. If I can just go even though it's messy and complicated and frustrating, if I take my eyes off this and I put my eyes on this and live by this and follow it and trust it, I will have the outcome of what God pictured, freedom. And this is what Jesus was teaching these people. This is what God is teaching our church today. God, our Creator, has created us to have a picture of freedom. And even though life is complicated, even though life is stressful, even though you're overwhelmed, even though you're saying, I'm frustrated, I want to give up, it's just too much, God says, I know, that's why I left you my instruction book. I left you my word. And if you follow this, and not this, if you follow this, and not this, and you follow this, and not your emotions, step by step, in an ungodly, messy, frustrating world that is called your life, you can experience the picture of freedom. But you have to live by this book. You see, the reason that so many believers are in bondage, the reason that so many believers are not living God's picture of freedom, the reason that life continues to feel like it's overwhelming and frustrating and broken and all in pieces and it's never going to come together is because too many of God's children are choosing to live a life outside of His Word. We're living... See, what, what if I say, man, this is complicated, this is horrible. And you say, David, but here's the instruction. And I say, nah, I got this. I can do this on my own. I'm just going to go by what I think. I'm going to go by how I feel. I'm going to try to figure it out. I'm going to make it work. I'm going to be a lot more worse off if I choose to do that. But that's what so many people choose to do. Verse 31 and 32. Jesus said, He said to those Jews who believed if you abide in my what? My word. Two words to notice there. He said the word if. And he said the word abide. The word abide literally means to continue and remain. And the word if is letting you know it's your choice. You choose whether you're going to remain in the Word of God. You choose whether you're going to live according to His instructions. 
if you're going to continue. See, because the Word of God will never steal you wrong. The Word of God is true. The Word of God is unchanging. The Word of God is so unchanging that people today are trying to change it to fit their own narrative, to fit their own lifestyle. The Word of God has to be the authority of your life. When God's Word is the authority of your life, it determines your values, your principles, your choices. But see, Jesus didn't say, hey, you got to go to church, you got to pray, you just got to ask me. No, Jesus said, you have to abide in my word. Jesus was talking about freedom and bondage. And he said, if you want to experience freedom as a believer, you have to continue in the word of God. In spite of what's happening in our country, we continue in the word of God. Whatever is happening in your life, you continue in the word of God. No matter what circumstances are beyond you, you continue in the word of God. You abide in the word of God. In spite of what you feel, in spite of what you think, in spite of what the world says, in spite of the messiness of your life you continue in the word of God and Jesus said you will know the truth and the truth will set you free that's how believers experience freedom you abide in the word of God but how much of God's word are you really abiding in how much time do you spend on this word if you're living your life just trying to figure it out, trying to just make it on your own, away from the Word of God, you're going to be a lot worse off than you could be. And you're not going to live the picture of what our Creator has created. A picture of freedom. What does that look like? You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. If the truth of God's Word sets us free, and if truth sets you free, then a lie keeps you bound. Let me give you an example. You come home, and there's, there's rumors. You, you watch the news, and they tell you, inflation's high, things are expensive, there's rumors of recession, then there's rumors of job losses. Your job tells you, you we might have to cut your hours back. And all of a sudden, the lie comes into your thoughts. The little chain wraps around your ankle. You're going to lose everything. How are you going to put food on the table? How are you going to provide for your children? How are you going to pay the bills? You're going to lose your home. You're, you're not going to be able to make it on this income. You're not going to make it. You're going to be homeless. You're going to starve. You're going to this. And all the lies come in. But then you choose to abide in the Word of God. And you know the truth. And the truth says that our God will supply all your needs according to His riches and glory. So even though the devil lies to you, you align that lie with the Word of God. That's abiding. And you say, I'm going to continue in spite of what's happening in our economy. I'm going to continue to make the Word of God truth. And all of a sudden, you are free from that bound. You tell yourself the lie. God can never forgive you. God can never change you. God can never forgive your past. But you are abiding the Word of God. The Word of God that says, as far as the east is from the west, so much have I removed your sins and transgression. And nothing will ever separate you from my love. So when the devil tells you you've gone too far from God, you align your thoughts with the Word of God. You take every thought captive and make it obedient to the Word of God. And you say, no, I know the truth. And the truth is I can come to my Father in repentance and He will wash me white as snow and it is over and it is forgotten and I am forgiven. And that is the truth I know of God. 
You say, oh, I don't have wisdom. What am I going to do? How are we going to figure it out? You abide in the word of God. If any man lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives it so generously. If you're sick, you say, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to see my grandchildren grow up. I'm not going to make it past next year, past Christmas. And I have this disease in my body, but the word of God abides in you. And it says, if my church prays, the prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective and will heal you and make you well. And the devil lies to you and says, you'll never make it. It's too far for you. It's too much for you. You say, you're right, devil. I can't make it. But the Lord that is with me, nothing is impossible for God who's with me. You need to know the truth of God's Word. And when you continue in the truth of God's Word, believers will see and experience true freedom. Freedom is a reality to only those who make the Word of God the authority and the abiding power of their life. You have a choice. You can choose bondage and go by what you see, what you feel, what's happening, what the world's going through, what people tell you. You can choose to live unhappy, discouraged, depressed, lustful, angry, tempered. You can choose to live unhappy and just broken. Or you can make a choice and decide like Esau to shake yourself free. And say, I'm not the world. I'm a child of God. And I'm just going to go to the instruction book. Because my life is hard. My life is complicated. I'm frustrated. I just feel like I'm never going to build this. I'm never going to make it. But our Creator says, that's why I left you my word. My question is, church, are you abiding in? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this word today. And I know that life is complicated. You are our creator. And when you created us, you pictured us living a life though we're in a broken, fallen world that's full of just frustration and problems and confusion. You created us to have a perfect picture of peace, a perfect picture of joy and a perfect picture of freedom. And Father, I know that in this church, it is a circus. There are many just performing. There are many who came to this church bound by something. Bound by something. And though we believe in you, Lord, freedom is not a true reality in our lives. There are some that don't sleep at night, worry all the time, live defeated, discouraged, depressed. There are some that can't forgive themselves bound by lies. But Father, you have taught us today that your word abides. And I pray you give us the strength to continue in your word. And Father, as we open up in prayer, I pray that you would touch the hearts of every person here today who's bound. If this is you today, you're saying, God, I'm bound. I'm a believer that's bound. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I just want to see in your hand as an act of confession. Say, Pastor, that's me. God bless you. God bless you. you. All around the room today. You're saying, I'm a believer in bondage. I'm on my way to heaven, but I'm miserable here on earth. Would you tell the Lord right now what you're bound to? He already knows, but He wants you to He, he wants to hear it from you. You're bound by depression, you're bound by your past. 
you're bound by fear. You have a God who created you. And God is a perfect picture of freedom. Maybe freedom is not your reality, but it can be. It's like Esau. You choose today to shake yourself free and say, Pastor, today I'm going to choose freedom. I'm going to live by the word of God and not what I feel. I'm going to continue in the word of God and not what the news tells me. I'm going to align my thoughts with the truth of God's word and the word of God will be authority over my thoughts, my feelings, my choices, my actions, my reactions. It will be the authority of my life when I am hurt by people. It will be the authority of my life when I can't pay the bills. It will be the authority of my life when I'm angry. It will be the authority of my life when I'm scared. It will be the authority of my life when I have been taken advantage of. It will be the authority of my life when I'm stressed. It will be the authority of my life when I'm limited. It will be the authority of my life when I want to quit and give up. It will be the authority of my life when I am sick. It will be the authority of my life when I'm in trouble. It will be the authority of my life when I cry myself to sleep. It will be the authority of my life in spite of what happens in the world. It will be the authority of every choice that I make. Because I'm tired of living bound as a believer and God has not called the church to be a circus you are not a performer you are a child of God you are more than a conqueror you better leave this church this morning believing that truth don't you leave here with the lie that you're not gonna make it don't you leave here with the lie that God can't forgive you. Don't you leave here with the lie that you'll never be healed. Don't you let the devil lie to you one more time. But you take every thought captive and you make it obedient by the word of God. And Heavenly Father, I thank you for this word. Let's all stand to our feet as we pray together as a church. And I thank you for this word. If you're here today and you're saying, Pastor, I am bound, but today I'm making the choice. And I'm asking God to forgive me because I have been bound because I have not been in the word of God. But the word of God is truth. And when you know the truth and live by the truth, it will set anyone free today. And I believe everyone needs to pray this. To say, Lord Jesus, set me free. I choose to live by your word. Because my eyes and my emotions and voices tell me otherwise. But in Jesus' name, I am free from, you fill in the blank. What has you bound, church? In Jesus' name, be free from fear. In Jesus' name, be free from depression. In Jesus' name, be free from anxiety, addiction, anger. And in the name of Jesus, in the name of the Lord God Almighty, in the name of the three in one, the Father, the Son, and in the Holy Spirit, may you leave this church free. May you always choose to know the word of God comes first. And you are not bound by anything the devil can throw at you. So, Father, I pray that you give us true freedom, that freedom be a reality once and for all. And for everyone here today who's bound, let them experience the picture of freedom you've designed. Because we know that life is hard and life is messy, but you have left our, your word to us. So today, we choose freedom. Amen, church.
Just say, today I choose freedom. In Jesus' name, would you put that hand of that person next to you over them? Come on, put your hand, extend your hand of that person. For a minute, would you pray for them? I never do this, but it has to happen today. I don't know why. Would you not pray for you right now? It's not about you right now. We already prayed for you. Would you pray for them? You may not know who that person is. Would you pray for them? Whatever has them bound. Because they came to your church this morning. They're a part of your church family. This is your brother and sister in the faith. And they're just like you. They're bound. And let the arm you feel around you be a reminder you are not alone in your bound. But you have a church family that will help you in this crazy circus called life. And Father, we thank you for our church family. We pray in your name, Jesus, for all things to be free. That we be free indeed in the name of Jesus. And we just give them a shout of praise today. Come on, church, give them some praise today. God bless you. Amen. Amen. You guys can have a seat. I hope you guys were blessed by that word today. How many of you needed that word today? You're saying, Pastor, I don't know how you convinced me to feel like an elephant, but I did. <laughs>